hello, hello. This is Tamika Peters, president and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit, where we help startups, small and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, today, you're in for a treat. I have my special guest here, Denise. She is the CEO of LCEC. This is a unique nonprofit that you're going to learn so much for, from. But before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast, Trinity Life Foundation Naples, helping at-risk youth through their enrichment program, AVID. That stands for the Associations of Haitians Living Abroad. They just opened an amazing support center in Fort Myers, where they will help you with immigration support, utility billing, and English as a second language. Vaxtruce. They just received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID-19 and vaccine resources in the black and brown community. Last but not least, Best Insurance USA, helping you through your enrollment through health insurance, business insurance, and open enrollment for Medicare. So, guys, like I said, my special guest here, Denise. How are you doing, Denise? I'm good, Tamika. Thank you for having me this afternoon. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for for uh, meeting with me. We met a few weeks ago at a uh, particular um, committee meeting, and um, I, I, as everyone introduced themselves around the room, I, and you introduced yourself, I was like, wow. I was like, <laughs> I have to have her on my podcast. And I was just really impressed. And I told you this when I met you. I mean, being that you're a CEO of a, a, a large organization, you know, you always have these misconceptions and stereotypes in your head of what the CEO's demeanor is like. So when I saw you, I was like, wow, she's so down to earth. <laughs> she's so friendly. And, she, and when she came off the elevator, she immediately said hi to me. I was like, oh, hi, how are you doing? So that was so nice. So it's Thank very you. refreshing to know, and especially a woman. I was really, really happy to learn that, too. I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Very kind. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So would you please start by sharing with our audience a little bit about yourself and how you came to um, be in this position as CEO as LC at LCEC? Sure, sure. I will. And if you're not familiar with LCEC, it's Lee County Electric Cooperative. We are a not-for-profit electric distribution company, and we're located in North Fort Myers. So I came to be at LCEC when my husband and I first moved to the Southwest Florida area. We first got our own franchise painting company established and then I was fortunate to come on board with LCEC. Started in a marketing position. Wasn't there for very long. They asked me to move into customer service and supervise the call center. My background is in accounting. That's where my education is and I have a master's in business administration. I'm a certified management accountant. So I was looking for some opportunities opportunities to try out the accounting side of LCEC also. So from customer service, I moved into an accounting position. Then another position became available that was a director with more responsibility, more in the area of the customer service side of the business. Did that for about a year. The CEO at the time then asked if I would move back into accounting as CFO, <laughs> and that was the longest stint that I've had with LCEC before becoming CEO. So I was CFO for 10 years, wow. and then I've been CEO now for just about four years, and it's been wow. a quick four years, let me tell wow. you. That's amazing. That's amazing. You really uh, worked your way up in the company, and you you get to you had an opportunity to work in the different areas, so you really understood the company and I really like that they, they hired from it within. Is that a normal practice? It is. We okay. put a lot of emphasis okay, on very that good. and we have some very particular areas that we focus on too that really are good 
starting areas, starting positions for people to be able to move around mm -hmm. through the company. Customer service is one of them mm -hmm. for sure because mm -hmm. you learn so many things. Uh huh. So the premise of the Grow Your Nonprofit podcast is growing. So, so being that you you were in different positions in the company, how have you seen the company grow over the years? And then after that, I have a follow-up question for you. How have you continued, along with your board of directors, uh, grow the company over the four year you have been at the helm? Sure, sure. So what's interesting about the electric utility business, you grow more organically, especially as an electric distribution cooperative. So we're not for profit, as we said in the beginning here. Our service territories are prescribed by the Public Service Commission of Florida. So we're really not permitted to go find new areas to serve, unless we wanted to do that in a different segment, like a non-regulated type of segment. But for LCEC, we stay very true to our mission, and that's to provide reliable electricity at affordable prices with good customer service. That's our focus. We stay true to that mission. The growth that we're experiencing is from people relocating into our service territory. And I know everybody watching probably feels that growth in many different ways. So we have grown by leaps and bounds since I started, even just in the last four years or so since I've been CEO. We've grown by about 20,000 customers, another 8,000 probably this year. So wow. that's very fast wow. growth. We're over 243,000 customers in total right now. Whoa. So, you know, we're getting getting close to that 245,000, 250,000 mark where we'll have some celebrations for sure. Oh, that's so awesome. Organic growth. Interesting. So, so how does it work? So your organization, although it's a not-for-profit, it's um, all member owned, right? You call it a co-op or a cooperative? cooperative? Yep, correct. Cooperative. So I know when we had a conversation before the podcast, everyone sort of pays into it and then realize the net profits at the end of the fiscal year? Is that how it works? Sure. I'll explain it a little more because okay. it's a very unique business model. It okay. really is. And when people learn more about it, they're like, well, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah. about that. So as an electric distribution cooperative, we are member owned, like you said, Tamika, which means our customers are our members. So when they join the cooperative, when they first establish service with us, they pay a very nominal membership fee. Mm. And that gives them then ownership in the cooperative so they have ownership equity we don't have shareholders we're not investor owned like some of the larger utilities you may be used to it's a great business model to work in because we don't have that stress of focusing on shareholders we can focus on the members and on our employees it's just very refreshing it lends itself to a very team oriented mm. environment i think that's what makes us most successful mm. because we are a team we get things done as a team, we respect each other as a team, and our members are just part of that whole mix. And let me go on a little bit too, on the financial side of things, with equity ownership, when we have, we call them margins, since we're not mm -hmm. for profit, the difference between your revenues and your expenses each year produces margins. Those get allocated to all of our members based on the amount of revenue that that particular member contributed. And then if financial position warrants, at the end of the year, the board may approve some of that ownership, some of that equity or margins to be returned in the form of cash, either as a credit on the bill or as a check if, if a customer's inactive. It's a little bit about how it works. Interesting. So being that you're a unique non-for-profit, what, 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 what type of nonprofit? Because we commonly hear 501c3. What are Correct. you? Correct. We are a 501c12. 
501c12. Yes. Okay. So with the 501c12, are you guys able to apply for grants? We are able to apply for certain grants. Now there's okay. some, like we're hearing a lot of grants recently, like the different HUD grants that right. are coming up. We're not eligible for those, but we are eligible for different FEMA grants okay. for like hazard mitigation types of programs and 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 things like that we work through the local mitigation strategy groups to get those approved and kind of get in the prioritization when we want to apply for those types of grants now those are only available once there's been a natural disaster that's been covered by fema then grants will open up kind of in proportion to the amount of damage that an area experienced so that fema is not coming back again and having to reimburse for the same types of damages. They want things to be hardened. Uh, we already do a lot to harden the network, but the FEMA grants help just even accelerate that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Are your your lines are underground or above ground? Or we have both. Okay. We do have both. So the majority is going to be overhead. Th those oh. are the costs that are worked in the rates that all customers pay. Now there are lots of things that are underground too. For instance, you see some of the bigger, larger planned developments. They typically will have their facilities underground. They pay what we call contribution in aid of construction for the difference in the price between overhead and underground. But then as the meters come on the system, they're able to get some of that money returned to the developer. There's you know a whole tariff just on that mm -hmm. that side of things. But and underground's much more expensive, mm -hmm. which is why the standard is overhead. Underground works great when you have perhaps a really bad wind event, but when you have a lot of flooding, like we did with Hurricane Ian, oh. not so good. Electricity and water don't mix very well no, when those I, things get flooded. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so with with the basic nonprofit, a lot of people because um, we specialize in the, the startups. A lot of um, organizations or, or people who want to start a nonprofit, they'll come to me and, and ask me and certain things I won't touch. So something like your your um, nonprofit, I, I would definitely think that you would want an attorney to put that together to ensure there's no conflict of interest and the interests of the members are taken care of in your bylaws. Yes, you, you're, you are, you're, you're very close. We definitely have the bylaws. Okay. Really, I'll go back even further okay. in history with electric distribution cooperatives became much more popular in the late 30s, early 40s hmm. to purposely serve the more rural areas. So we will tend to serve all around like a big investor-owned utility, for example, because back then it wasn't profitable for the investor-owned utilities oh, to invest in those areas. I see. So the federal government at the time made low-cost interest loans available to cooperatives who would then bring electricity to those rural areas. I see. So that's how those all came to be. We, there's actually a state statute specific to electric distribution cooperatives. It's chapter 425 in the Florida statutes and it coincides very closely to the IRS 501c12 and then that also coincides very closely with our bylaws. It, it's almost like you're reading the same document when you look at each of those oh, things. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's very important. I, I know I, I speak with a lot of people whose hearts are in the right place because they want to help and they want to make an impact. But I always caution them um, that 
you know, number one, is there a duplication of services? Is there someone else already doing what you're doing? Could you partner with them? Mm -hmm. If the answer is no, okay. And then having startup capital, because the difference between a nonprofit and a for-profit is this tax exemption status but would you agree that you're still a business even though you're a nonprofit absolutely yes. you're still a business so yes. there's several pieces of advice or at least recommendations please that I like share to with our audience people. Yes. first of all you really have to have your working capital needs figured out so right. write up that business case get help with it from folks like Tamika and others who can really help you be realistic about what it's going to take chances mm -hmm. are what you think it's going to take multiply that by five or ten right. because you've got to be able to hold yourself over for really I would say a year without any profits at least before you really start seeing things turn you just right. have to be really careful with that and then it's really important to have your scope defined and then stay true to that scope and that mission if you start having scope creep that's going to distract you from mm -hmm. what your original mm -hmm. focus was mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of discipline but that's going to also work in your favor with the working capital mm -hmm. <laughs> so you might start turning i'll say profit even though we're not for profit you'll start turning that positive side on the financials mm -hmm. sooner if you stay focused on that scope right right exactly i i actually listened to several different podcasts i'm really big into motivational and goal setting mm -hmm. and this particular podcast i was listening to this morning this gentleman's name is Myron Golden, and he he teaches financial literacy based upon the Bible. And he said something interesting today. And his his um, real house is is not nonprofit, but he mentioned that people saying, "Oh, I want to follow my passion. I want to start a nonprofit." And then he said people would always approach him for sponsorships and, and and dollars. And he would ask them, "Have you what have you invested in your nonprofit?" And they said nothing. What well, I, I don't have any money. I don't have the money. He said, "Well, why are you starting a nonprofit? How do you expect me to invest in it? And you haven't." invested in it. He said, I tell you what, if you want to start a nonprofit, get rich. Once you once you get rich, start a nonprofit. Have a party, a cocktail party over your house. Invite all your rich friends because if you're rich, <laughs> you're probably gonna have rich friends. And then let them know what you're doing. You're starting a nonprofit and they will give to you. Yeah. And I was like I was like he made it so simple, yeah. but it makes sense. Right. It right. makes sense. Interesting. So over the years, you, you've been with the organization for a total of? Total of going on 21 years now. 21 years. Uh, that's just my age. I'm 21 <laughs> years. Oh, my I God. Say, I'm, I'm always 21 <laughs> and 22. And 22. Right. <laughs> right. So you've been there for 21 years. So you've, you've, you've seen the growth. So in the four years, I know you, you talked about the, the 8,000 people who are coming mm -hmm. just this year alone. What do you see? How were you guys? Well, I guess that's an unfair question because it's organic growth. Okay, so how about this? Your nonprofit grows organically. However, there has to be leadership, great leadership in place, mm -hmm. um, great business acumen. So I guess if you could, sh I guess the question is, what business acumen have you guys utilized in order to thrive? Is it a strategic plan? Is it a business plan? Is it? projection and thinking about the way the world is changing and growing and staying ahead of the times? Absolutely. It is always about those things. And it's really important to try to identify in our business those leading indicators. So we don't want to look we do look at history because those trajectories and the historical data points are relevant. But when you're looking ahead, you really want to look at things that are your leading indicators. For instance, 
home permits, what's happening in the economy, mm. what's forecast to ha happen in the economy, when are interest rates going to change, all of those things are going to impact what I call the levers that we will twist to either ramp up or ramp down. It sounds great to have mm -hmm. explosive growth, but I will tell you, I would rather have a lower growth rate right, right. that I can more proactively manage right. than the growth that we're seeing right now, which is very hard to manage. It puts so much stress on your processes, on your spending, on your labor, your employees, even your customers. It's you have to have really, really defined, consistent processes to be successful when you have high growth. So that's that's really a challenge. And when we think about the leadership perspective, the leaders have to be aware of that. So they're not only strategizing, looking ahead, trying to identify those leading indicators, feed it into the strategic plan, project where we're going to be in 10 years because we do 10-year plans. Wow. But they've also got to be managing, I'll say, the here and now and helping their team members through this as well. It can be quite stressful. So they've got to be very strong on the people side as well as the strategic planning side mm -hmm. to be successful. And then that's what we've done. We partner with the board of trustees, which are elected by the members of the cooperative to represent them, the members, mm -hmm. and they, the trustees live in the areas that they represent. So it's a great partnership that we have too with the trustees helping provide the direction. They help a lot with that scope that I was talking about before. So then leadership, management, the team of employees can stay focused on our goal and our mission with our members. Mm -hmm. So I, I know we, we're both educated, college educated, but we know theory and practical are two different things, right? Mm -hmm. So how do, you, how do you as a professional um, continue on with professional development because business it's not something we're born with. We have to continuously learn and grow. So what strategies you use to, I guess, stay abreast as a leader, um, self-care, and um, be relevant with current times? Because as you know, with artificial intelligence, things are moving rapidly. Our world is really moving rapidly with, with things that are changing. So how do you... What do you do to stay professionally developed, if you will? Sure, absolutely. I am a huge fan of certifications. Uh -huh. So they really have a strong place in the business world because with a certification, you have continuing education requirements. Right. That certification right. current. And that is a great way to stay relevant. Interesting. So I, I mentioned, I think, that I'm a certified management accountant. The what, reason I like that certification is because my continuing education credits can be anything in a business type of environment. So it's not just accounting type topics. It can be economic, it can be marketing, it can be human resources. All those things provide relevant credits for me to continue that certification, but they also keep me very relevant right. with business in general, but then also with electric distribution in particular. So mm -hmm. they overlap quite a bit. And even when you're working in any business, nonprofit included, right. You need to stay, keep, keep exposure opportunities all the time. You need to be exposed within the company. You want that exposure opportunity outside the company. You want to network. Those are also extremely critical in staying relevant with what's going on around you, what other businesses are doing. You've got to be involved in the different groups in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very important. So um, mentioning getting credits, would you get credits for doing a podcast? No, unless the, I would if you were, I think, NASBA certified and you like you'd have to sign that I attended oh. and 
that it fit the requirements. Like oh. there's some very specific requirements for those credits. So not yet. I was trying to help you out. About. That <laughs> might be a way for you to get more podcast yes. like interviewees yes. too. Yes, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> start offering continuing credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll definitely uh, discuss that. I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. Mm -hmm. So I tell you, I told you the time is going to go by fast. It's over. It's, are you kidding? It me? is. Oh my so goodness. Twenty minutes have passed. Super fast. It so did. Much more I could have said. I know. We'll have to have you back, Denise. So is if someone wanted to ask you follow-up questions can anyone make a donation to your organization oh we don't even take donations really? no you have to be you're a customer so customers just pay for their electricity, so no donations. Okay. Um, but we've got a website people can refer to. If they're a okay. customer in particular, they can you know, call in with any questions they have to okay. our customer service, put in an online request, inquiry, you know, if they have questions okay. about that. So just for, so there's no reason to contact Denise if you're not within the LCEC district. However, if you'd like to just explore their, their website on the About Us, it has a lot of great information all about the company. Um, Denise, would you please share with us your website? It'll appear on the screen. Sure, absolutely. We are at lcec.net. Pretty simple. That's easy peasy. <laughs> so why .net and not .org? You know, .org was probably already taken. Oh, because it was taken. <laughs> that's what okay. I'm going to guess. Straightforward, simple. That's great. <laughs> but that great. goes back a ways, so that's before me. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Denise, for your time. Thank you. Appreciate thank it very you. much, Tamika. Thank you. So, guys another nonprofit, a little bit different today, a little bit different cooperative nonprofit right here in the beautiful Fort Myers. I hope you were able to learn something today about the different types of nonprofits. I know you always hear thrown around 501c3. Well, guess what? There are more than 22 different types of nonprofit. If you look on the IRS website, you'll see all the different types of nonprofits. So, being uh, intentional about your nonprofit, having startup capital, understanding it's a business that you're starting, and being uber focused. I forget the name that you call it, but I know you mentioned mentioned something, but it, I, I know it meant be getting distracted, but you had a special name for it something creep or. Oh, creep. don't, yeah, avoid scope creep. Scope avoid creep. Avoid scope creep. Scope creep. Stay true to your mission. So stay true, to, <laughs> guys, stay true to your mission and don't get scope creep. This is Tamika. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel and stay tuned for more Grow Your Nonprofit podcast episodes. Mm -hmm.